Hello, my name is Father Ted Trinko. I am a missionary priest at the Institute of the Incarnate Word, serving in Emmitsburg, Maryland, in the United States of America. And today, December 8th, 2023, is the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, the patroness of the United States. And we read from the Gospel of Luke, The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. One way to understand the mystery of the Immaculate Conception is to think back to the Beijing Summer Olympics when swimmer Michael Phelps won his eighth gold medal. It was a world record at the time. And it might be a dated example, but it can help us relate. And even if you don't find yourself in the United States, you can think back to perhaps an Olympic athlete of your own country that had great success in the, in the Olympic Games. It was August 17, 2008, and the event was the 400-meter relay. If Phelps finished first, he would break the world record of seven gold medals in a single Olympics. It was set by Mark Spitz in 1972. People were bursting with excitement as they turned to, in to watch him. And of course, everyone in America really wanted him to win. But why? Most Americans never met Michael Phelps, nor would they benefit financially or in any other way if he were to win. Their lives would be the same afterwards as before. Yet what Phelps would do that day mattered to us. Phelps is from our country. He represented our aspirations and what we hold dear. We are the people from whom came the greatest Olympic athlete of all time. Even more, he's a member of the human race. And whenever we see the member of the human race excel in a seemingly impossible way, we exult. It increases us. It's somehow an exhilarating, but also we just are somehow made greater through that. We sensed that his victory somehow accrued to us as well. His triumph was our victory. His triumph was our triumph. His glory was our glory. All of us were personally involved in this historic event. His breakthrough achieved heretofore unknown degree of human greatness. This dynamic is at the heart of the mystery of the Immaculate Conception. For the first time since the fall in the Garden of Eden, a human being was perpetually preserved from original sin along with all its effects.
This includes the triple concupiscence that the Catechism talks about and describes as the movement of the sensitive appetite contrary to the operation of human reason. So that's not present in the Blessed Virgin Mary, thanks to her Immaculate Conception. She is not attracted towards those base evils against the dictates of reason, as we so often are. Thanks to the grace of the Immaculate Conception, she was preserved from all actual sins throughout her life. The Council of Trent says all her acts were perfectly executed. So not just simply avoiding sin during her whole life, but everything she did was perfectly executed. And so in her, we see the full dignity of our nature, the exalted call we have received. When St. Thomas Aquinas, who is not a man, of course, prone to exaggerations, speaks of God's power in the Summa Theologica, he says that God could not have made a person greater than her. Pope Pius IX in the bull, which infallibly defined the dogma of her Immaculate Conception, said that she has a holiness that God alone can imagine. Her victory is, in a sense, ours. Her triumph is ours. Her glory is ours. As the 19th century composer William Wordsworth said, she is our tainted nature's solitary boast. The poet Dante in his Paradiso placed similar words in the, to those of Wordsworth in the mouth of St. Bernard, who prayed as follows, Thou art she who man's substance did glorify. The sublime beauty of these words explains itself. The Blessed Virgin Mary stands as the crown jewel of God's creation. We exult in her victory because she comes from us. But our connection with Mary is even tighter than it is than our connection with Michael Phelps. Since extremely few members of the human race can ever hope to achieve similar Olympic greatness to that of Phelps, but Mary is the mirror of justice in whom we see all that we are destined to become. Now, justice is a word that denotes all virtue at once, a perfect virtuous state of soul. So she's the mirror of justice. And so St. John Henry Newman said that this title refers to the fact that she possesses all virtues and she has a perfect virtuous state of soul. And because that's the case, we can say that Mary is the one who perfectly embodies all that is holy, good, supernatural. She is the model of what God can do in the lives of those willing to be filled with his grace. The holiness with which she was graced is to be our goal and our aspiration as well. As St. John Paul II wrote, The marvelous work which the Creator achieved in Mary gives men and women the possibility to, to discover dimensions of their condition which were before not sufficiently perceived. Like she is allowing us to realize what our true vocation is. So this gift of the Immaculate Conception has a moral connection with us as, de, as did, in a sense, the triumph of Phelps in the Olympics. But the Immaculate Conception also has a real connection with us. The grace she received really helps us. It really changes us. St. Thomas Aquinas comments, Sanctifying grace in Mary not only repressed all irregular motions in the Blessed Virgin herself, but was also efficacious for others, so that notwithstanding the greatness of her beauty, she was never coveted by others. So 
Yes, she was holy. She was filled with grace from the moment of her conception. But it was efficacious for others. It changed others. It worked in others. St. Anselm, meanwhile, said that all people rejoice at her immaculate conception because through her they are, quote, in some sense restored to their lost beauty and are endowed with an inexpressible new grace. The doctor of the church, St. Anselm, goes on to say that thanks to the immaculate conception, all creation sees God working openly and making it holy. I want to conclude by referencing the biblical figure of Esther who can help, uh, help us to understand the way in which Our Lady is really helping us in her Immaculate Conception. As a girl, Esther was known as Hadassah and lived in Persia. And the Persian king noticed her and set her aside to be his queen. Meanwhile, the Grand Vizier, Haman, obtained a royal decree to exterminate the Jews. We can read all about this in the book of Esther. So Mordecai, Esther's uncle, pleaded with her to use her exalted position to obtain mercy for the condemned nation. And this is what Mordecai told Esther. You are beautiful and exceptional in so many ways, thanks to God's goodness. And the king has raised you to a prestige and stature that you could never have achieved apart from the extraordinary gifts which are yours due to God's grace alone. You, Esther, have been blessed with the royal dignity that you now enjoy in preparation for this fateful day so that you could be the one to save us from the unspeakable evil that threatens us. If you approach the king and beg for his clemency and pardon, he will recognize your surpassing beauty and favor, and he will grant you everything you wish. And that is exactly what Queen Esther did. And by her intervention, she saved her people from destruction. They were, the Jewish people were not exterminated as Haman, the Grand Vizier, had, dis, had plotted. But because of Esther's intervention, the king changed his mind and they were spared. God blessed his mother with the surpassing beauty and perfection of the Immaculate Conception so that we will appeal to it when we are in need. And she, in turn, will intercede on our behalf. And God, captivated by the beauty which he gave, which he himself gave to a Mary Immaculate, will hear and heed her prayers. And so as always, we turn to her, asking that God might give us the grace to be as close to her and to learn from her Immaculate Holiness and to also never be afraid to take recourse to her intercession for whatever needs that we might have. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed hearing the gospel and homily, I invite you to share it with someone you know who may also find it rewarding, and also to subscribe to the Catholic Voice channel. Please see in the description below if you would like to receive a text message for each daily gospel and homily. Please also keep our missionary priests throughout the world in your prayers. Thank you, and God bless.